The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny off-brand upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news from the wild and funny to the deep and hidden to the absolutely ridiculous. I'm Bill Worley, an Atlanta-based filmmaker and comedian, and I found that writing and journaling every day helps keep things A-OK. I got a gratitude journal. I love it. Mark, you're in there a lot. Oh, thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm thankful for you as well. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Mark Kendall. Uh, I'm an Atlanta comedian. And when it comes to writing, uh, one of my favorite things to do, uh, Bill, is is morning pages. Uh, which begs the question, why did I not do them this morning? I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll do them later this afternoon. Uh, so, y'all, today... Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, We have a deep dive episode and we're going to be talking about the joy of writing. And there is no better way to talk about this than with our very special guest, uh, Calundra Smith. Calundra is a theater critic, arts journalist and playwright whose mission is to connect people to cultural experiences and each other. Her work has appeared in the New York Times, Oxford American, Food and Wine, American Theater, ESPN and elsewhere. So welcome, Calundra. Hooray! Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here with you all. Yeah, yeah. So excited to have you here. Uh, huge fan. So, Clentra, uh, when we have on a special guest like yourself, we love to kick things off with a segment we call giving them their flowers. So what that means is uh, Bill and I each will give you a compliment and that's all there is to it. So, uh, yeah. That's so sweet. I need to record this as like a wake-up alarm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Clentra, I was reading your blog. Mark shared uh, that with me and there's a section there called what will Atlanta be in a hundred years and you had so many amazing and insightful and wonderful thoughts and I just really related to you were talking about supporting artists and making more investment in youth seeking to be artists um, I've been I'm also a transient Atlanta but I've been in Atlanta since about third grade so I consider Atlanta my home um, 
But I thought you also spoke about holding onto Atlanta talent, that a lot of times Atlanta talent might go to one of the coastal cities and that we need to keep people here and keep all the talented folks here. And I, hopefully that's happening more. And I love the quote that you said that Atlanta is not a city for takers. Atlanta is a city for givers and innovators, and you must do both at the same time. You know, thank you so much for those wonderful words. And uh, I'm so excited to have you on. And those are some flowers for you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, Clendra, I'll hop in and say, like, I'm just uh, always so impressed by not just your ability to write so well, but just in so many different ways or forms, whether it's your blog, you're doing journalism piece, you're doing, you know, uh, 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 critiquing a piece of art or you're writing a play, you know, and you do them all at such a high level. And, you know, as, as a, as a reader, it comes across so natural, which is why it's like so impressive. I'm like, how does she do this? How, how does she do this? Uh, so anyway, it's just so impressive. Just, uh, you know, not just your ability to write, but just how it just seems you can write anything. And so uh, I really admire that. And I think that's really amazing. Oh my gosh, y'all. I don't drink coffee, but this is, I imagine what people <laughs> who drink coffee, what they feel like when the caffeine hits. Like, <laughs> thank you all. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So we're going to hop in uh, to our next segment, which is called uh, Ridiculous News Nibbles. So these are short, uh, quick headlines we're going to discuss, and they all center around the topic of writing in one way or the other. This first story is about a Taco Bell worker who wrote feel-good messages with each takeout order, and customers loved it. It was in New York, and the uh, story starts with Heather O'Donnell, who ordered a few tacos and a quesadilla from the drive-thru, don't get hungry, folks, at the Taco <laughs> Bell in Fairmount Sunday, and got a welcome surprise in her bag. She got this message that said, when you reach the end of your rope, tie a knot around it and hang on, which is a Franklin Delano Roosevelt quote. And she said... It made me stop in my tracks and smile, knowing someone took the time out of their work to write. This is another example that there are still good people out there. Um, and a lot of other people were posting about these messages on social media and how good reading them had made them feel. And they gave a shout out to this person said, corporate needs to know, which I love. They immediately go to, hey, corporate needs to know. Let's do something yeah. special. Um because another person received a Stephen Hawking quote, and it really made her day. And the message writer was Kelly Stewart, 27, and she started working at the fast food restaurant and said, I enjoy people. I really like helping them and making each day better, and it's important for me to set a good example for my six-year-old son. Sometimes life can be tough, and I like looking up quotes and writing them out for people. And I just what a wonderful, uh, thoughtful thing. This is a case for the living wage. Pay mm -hmm. Kelly $15 an hour. Yeah. She has mouths to feed and she's spreading joy. Absolutely. Where's the Kelly tip jar as well on top of that? Maybe she can put her Venmo at the bottom. Exactly. But, Give yeah. Kelly all the things. Give Kelly her flowers. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Kelly, yeah, you, you move on to bigger and better things. This is such a cool example of, of uh, such a sweet thing that she could do for folks. Yeah, really nice. A uh, great way to, you know, get some fast food, get a note. That's pretty cool. Actually, Mark, you just had some fast food recently, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I had some for lunch, actually. You know, I mean, it's pretty crazy. I don't know why, but I kind of kept the wrapper. Okay, let's I, I don't know. see. I, 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 doubt, I, doubt that, I doubt that there's anything in here, but let's see. Well, I'm opening up the fast food wrapper, and oh, this is so weird. Bill Clunder, you won't 
believe this, but there's a, I guess this is a treasure map. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like it has these different places where I'm supposed to walk, like dashed lines, which I think connotes a treasure map. And at the end, there's like a red X, and it's like is like a red X with like a bunch of like positive imagery, like exclamation points and things like that. Uh, so hey, let's go. All right, so, uh, let's, so let's go this. to the this left. Let's just go to the left here. Okay, let's keep on walking, walking, and then we'll uh, hop down into this cave. Oh, okay, okay. Cave this and walking yeah. distance. This, this is a very interesting. I never noticed this cave before. Never noticed all. this cave. Okay, and uh, looks like there's a helicopter here. And I'll just. <laughs> I guess we just kind of turn. <laughs> How did this look? Oh, I don't know. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Uh, okay, so I'm seeing the red. All right, so if you guys look out the side of your window of this helicopter, you'll see there's a red X on that island. So I'm just going to land us there. And uh, this is, I'm a yeah. little scared, but I'm going to buckle in. Yeah, yeah, you guys should buckle Calendra, in. Calendra, how right. are you feeling? Are you okay with the heights? I'm, oh, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm good. I'm, oh, I'm we're, we're, we're right where I want to be. <laughs> good, good. All right. Uh, all right, y'all. So I'm going to land this flawlessly. And uh, hey, landing. just where it says, there's a treasure chest. Hey, Bill, you want to do the honors and open up this treasure yeah, chest? Yeah, look at this treasure chest. Well, it's it's a open up. It's just a it's a signed headshot of John Cena. Wow. <laughs> and a, a bunch of Dr- John Cena quotes. Look oh at this. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, Billy, you got to read some of these. I'm going to read a couple of my yeah. John Cena quotes yeah. uh, <laughs> that we found here. Yeah. Um, in this treasure chest? In this treasure chest. Here's one. Oh, this is nice. Talk with someone, not about someone. Wow. Oh, that's okay. nice. Yeah, that's, that's nice. nice. Um, being right feels good, but sometimes admitting fault can be painfully productive. Wow. That, that feels You hear that, decent. Congress? <laughs> 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 I don't know that they do. We should say a little louder. And then uh, <laughs> the promises you make mean nothing compared to the promises you keep. Oh, wow. Huh. 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 You know what, guys? One last one. Just because okay. there seems to be a lot in here, and I'm enjoying these see, quotes. <laughs> this, this, this is a big one. This is a big one. It's not a lot of words, okay. but it's a big piece of paper. Yeah. So the next time you want to say, I can't, change it and say, I can't just yet instead. Wow. Well, thank you, Bill. Thank you, John Cena. And thank you, Kalindra, for going on this adventure with us. Uh, let's transition a bit. So... This story is from a couple years ago. Uh, so scientist Jess Wade is on a mission. So this is from The Guardian. Uh, so she wants every woman who has achieved something impressive in science to get the prominence and recognition they deserve. So uh, starting with a Wikipedia entry. And so over the past year, uh, and this story is from 2018, in the past year, she did about 270 uh, Wikipedia entries uh, for women who had you know, made some sort of contribution uh, to science. And, you know, she said that I had a target for doing one a day, but sometimes I get too excited and do three. And, you know, she wanted to see more representation uh, in science as well as attract uh, more diversity to the field. And she thought like, hey, giving people credit, writing these Wikipedia articles might be a more efficient way than simply talking about just the disparities. And so it was something that she started. And uh, she's been writing about some really interesting people as well. So Professor Kim Cobb, a U.S. Client, climate scientist, was her first subject. Uh, and so 
the quote was she she's super interesting she does really cool research on corals and she goes diving to collect samples uh and she also uh, did an entry about susan goldberg who is editor of national geographic the first woman to hold the post at the time uh and yeah and so she's done these entries and it seems like it's been really effective and the guardian article goes on to ask what does she ultimately hope to achieve and she said i guess it's to make science a better place for everyone working in it which happens when we recognize the contributions of these awesome women she said uh then the girls who do come because they will will come to a much more empowering environment i love this um there was actually a big push pre panini um for this sort of thing and actually i i attended a session here in atlanta that was aimed at getting more women journalists wikipedia pages and it was actually um it was actually co-hosted by um the late jovita moore jovita moore was a well-loved um, broadcast journalist at the abc affiliate in atlanta for many many years and she passed away last year from a brain tumor but um jovita moore was helping to lead this effort with wikipedia of trying to get more women um, because they they had some sort of statistic that like 70 to 80 percent of wikipedia uh, entry writers are men um and most of them are white men um globally and so because of the search engine optimization that wikipedia has they felt it important to get a different perspective in that uh in that arena so i love this i love this that's great yeah, another highlight on the importance of diversity. Let's let's not just get the white dudes writing stuff, so we can hear about all these amazing women as well. Um, you know, someone who has had a hard time communicating too is, is the highlight of this next story, and it's an experimental brain implant that lets a man with paralysis turn his thoughts into words. That's right. A man who is unable to move or speak can now generate words and sentences on a computer using only his thoughts. And um, a assistant professor at the Department of Biomedical Engineering at Emory in Georgia Tech, uh, Chelton Pandarinth, said that the team implanted sensors on the surface of the man's brain. Then it had a computer study the patterns of electrical activity produced when he attempted to speak 50 different words. That process took months. Um, the system is a bit like the texting software on smartphones. So, for example, if one word is just not decoded correctly, the autocorrect function can correct it. And after months of adjustment, the man's able to generate a word reliably every four seconds or roughly 15 words per minute, which has got to be so uh, amazing to go from not being able to communicate to being able to do you know, 15 words per minute, which is not bad for words per minute typing, especially, uh, you know, back early on and using your brain only. Um, so a device able to decode words in the brain could eventually help thousands of people who've had a stroke or a traumatic brain injury. And I just think this is such fascinating um, technology. Now, can it eventually go into the hands of someone reading our minds <laughs> using <laughs> that race. There's where my sci-fi brain comes out. I'm going to only focus on the positive for now um, until Elon Musk buys this company. <laughs> no. <laughs> Elon Musk has acquired enough. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing left for him to buy. We're yeah. done. He's yeah. reached his purchase limit for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. 
Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. Kalundra, again, we're so happy to have you here. And we wanted to talk to you about, you know, your journey as a writer, the, the things that you're working on. So, you know, we were kind of trying to figure out like, man, how do we start? Because as we said earlier, you write so many different things, you, you know, you have your hand in so many different things, but we wanted to start with this question. So, you know, we know that you're uh, a, a journalist and we wanted to start there. So is that something you always wanted to be? Did you always want to be a journalist? And, and, and what, what got you into that field? No, I did not always want to be a journalist. I wanted to play in the WNBA, but I'm five, two and a half, so it didn't work <laughs> out. I also have zero hand-eye coordination. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know how I landed on journalism. I think that it was, I always liked to write, and I knew I was good at writing from a very young age. And um, I was thinking about how could I be a writer and make money and journalism seemed like the obvious choice so I decided I was going to be the editor-in-chief of Seventeen magazine but nobody told me what it took to <laughs> do that <laughs> or that it was like a highly coveted position <laughs> and good luck with that um, but it was that was kind of the original thought when I was in high school is that I will be a journalist to make money as a writer, and then I will become a New York T Times bestselling author like Anne Brashers, who wrote The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That was the initial plan. Don't ask me how it's and, going. I'm curious because <laughs> you said you, you always knew you were a good writer, which is obviously correct. But what Was there a moment or was there a person in your life that helped highlight that or was it just something you intrinsic intrinsically knew because you were like people were enjoying your writing um so when i was in second grade my teacher miss heiberger um would give us these things that she called story starters which were basically like writing prompts as a part of our like english language arts lesson and um i really really enjoyed it and i would like 
you know, she would be trying to move on to a different subject and I would just keep writing, keep writing, keep writing all day long. And then she had like a parent teacher conference with my parents and she was like, you know, your daughter is doesn't listen to anything I say, but she's got a vivid imagination and she's very good with words. <laughs> and so I think I just clung to um to what I was affirmed in, but I also enjoyed it. That's, That's how that started. Yeah. And another question too, like how how do you see yourself as as a writer? Meaning, do you see yourself as like I'm a journalist critic? playwright am I just or do you just see yourself as like a writer or I'm just kind of curious how you see your how you see yourself as a creative you know I'm a storyteller yeah and I have many ways in which I can tell stories um that's how I see it so um whether it's you know a blog post or a an, an article or a play or you know whatever it may be when I'm guest speaking at a university to some students like it's all storytelling and uh, it's what I enjoy. And I think that there's a, I think there's a divine reason why so many people are called to be storytellers. Um, I think the power of story to connect us is, is significant and certainly uh, needed. Yeah. You know, you mentioned using stories to connect folks and, you know, and it, something that I feel like you do through your writing so well is, you know, you lift up other people, you know, you lift up other artists and, um, and I just kind of wonder where, where did you get that? You know what I mean? Like, cause not everyone does that. And so where did, where did that come from? Um, so when I first started off in journalism, I really wanted to be a critic, but what I quickly realized was that a, the title of critic in some ways was like the title of chef, like, you know, you got to earn it sort of thing. And I also recognized that, um, although a lot of the newspapers and magazines that I was looking at, most of the artists being highlighted were, you know, white, cisgender, heterosexual artists. Um, whether it was at art galleries or at theaters or in dance, you name it. And, so I I ended up focusing my work on writing about the artists who I felt no one else was seeing. And because I was willing to go to the neighborhoods that people said were too far away or too dangerous, and because I was willing to go see the shows at the theaters that people were like, oh, we don't really go there, I started to be able to build a reputation for myself for being like the person who finds the people or introduces people to an audience that may not know about them. Um, and so that's how it started. So it, it, it started selfishly as an effort to like, <laughs> to, to differentiate myself and, and get people to publish my work. Um, cause I really wanted to, to write. And then it, uh, thankfully started to become more of like being a documentarian and archivist for artists who, would not otherwise be seen. That's amazing. Yeah, and what important work. And I mean, that one, I just want to pick your brain about places to go in Atlanta because yeah. <laughs> we have a national audience. Uh, uh, you know, one of the things where I was reading is you said our definition of representation is still too reductive at this point, which I thought was powerful. What did, what did you mean by that? Can you expand on that? Sure. Um, I think often when we talk about representation, it's very surface level in terms of talking about race, or uh, gender, or, um, you know, sexual orientation. 
And it's not that those things don't matter. It's not that they're not important. It's just that the quality of representation within that also matters. So for example, you know, I'm a Black woman from the South and it's reductive to assume that like every Black woman from the South who does a thing is going to resonate with me or that every Black person who does a thing is going to resonate with me. It's it's about getting more specific and really seeing people on an individual level and letting them choose their own adventure. So, you know, it's not just, I, I think I in the, in the thing that you're referring to, I was talking about how growing up, you know, some of my favorite shows were like, Lizzie McGuire and the Babysitter's Club um, because those girls, even though they didn't look like me, were smart and adventurous and a little rebellious. And that spoke to me more than some shows that may have had people who looked like me in them. Um, Because it's, again, not just about representation, but like the characterization and quality of the thing. Like, it's got to go deeper and and be more about the essence of who you are. Um, and I think we all deserve that. Absolutely. Switching topics a little bit, but, you know, the writing path that you've been on, your journey as a, as a storyteller, you know, like, just kind of curious, like, were there uh, mentors growing up or people that you looked up to that had like an impact on you th- as, as you've gone on your journey as a storyteller? Yes. So growing up, I didn't know like any writers. That was like a, a thing that was <laughs> kind of unheard of. Like, you know, to 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 be a professional writer, like to say that was like, it was crazy. You know, there were no journalists in my family. There was nobody who was an author. Um, but when I got to college, um, I did find professors, particularly I, I went to the University of Georgia for undergrad and um, Valerie Boyd, who actually passed away um, just a, a few months ago, um, was a professor there. And she's also the biography. She wrote the biography of Zora Neale Hurston, which is called Wrapped in Rainbows. And she was a professor at UGA. And she certainly became a mentor of mine. Um, and so I would say that she was kind of the, f- I think she was probably the first the first black woman journalist I ever met, I remember meeting Brenda Wood at the Dogwood Festival one year. And that was really transformative. And she signed a Fox 5 News fan for me, which I probably still have somewhere because I'm a nerd. <laughs> and then the second person I ever met was Valerie Boyd. And that was my, you know, junior year of college. Um, and then from there, I have had excellent editors and mentors that have meant a lot to me. Uh, Joseph Whalen at Syracuse Stage, which was my first job out of um, out of grad school. Um, you know, it, there's there's so many to name. Andrew Alexander, who was a writer in Atlanta, um, was was great to me. Kathy Fox at Arts ATL. I mean, there have been people along the way who've invested in me and invested in my talent. Um, Roz Bentley, you know, it's just, um, and have given me opportunities um, and and have given me advice and shown me the craft of a thing. Because the thing about journalism in particular is that you can be in a classroom all you want to, but it's on your feet on the job. You know, um, Nothing prepares you for going to Sundance Film Festival and it being, you know, 16 degrees outside and your ink pen has frozen and you're trying to get an interview with, you know, some movie star, (laughs) you know, that's something you learn (laughs) in the moment. (laughs) 
Absolutely. True story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even realize it got cold over there. Like, <laughs> yeah, what? I've never it's been like, to, I've never been to Sundance. And in my mind, truly, I thought it was like hot weather. But that shows I, like just is, how is little it understanding it, I no, have of that it's, place. Yeah. It's late January in Utah. Like it's ah. it's not um <laughs> it's not <Yeah>. Tribeca. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's late January in Utah and but you know what two of my news writing professors when I was in grad school at Syracuse Syracuse, New York is also like a tundra. And so one of the things they used to tell us all the time is like always carry mechanical pencils on you because um ink freezes. And sound equipment in extreme weather will also, like, betray you. And I promise it's, like, some of the best, most practical advice I've ever gotten in my life because it's so true. I mean, sound equipment in extreme weather will betray you, um, whether it's extreme hot or extreme cold. And ink will freeze on you, and you better have mechanical pencils. And so, you know, that's my mic drop moment, and that's it. We'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, we're back with our wonderful guest, Calendra Smith. And for this segment, we thought we'd just have a little bit more fun. Uh, not that ever, it's been really fun up to this point, a little bit more silliness, I should say. And we wanted to give you a couple classic movies and plays and ask you how you might do them today. What would, what would you change? <laughs> so uh, the first oh, one God. we came up with uh, was that classic Casablanca. Don't judge me. I promise I'm an American. I've never seen Casablanca. <laughs> oh, it's no worries. No, no worries. worries. We, we got more. We got more. <laughs> uh, uh, how about uh, Indiana Jones? Any of the Indiana Jones movies? God, I haven't watched Indiana Jones since I was a kid. You said, how would I do it today? How would you change it? How would you do it today? If someone said, 
Calendra, you got the Indiana Jones franchise. Do whatever you want with it. <laughs> My answer is to not do it. <laughs> you know, uh, Calendra, it's so interesting that you say that. Because uh, Bill and I actually had like a similar idea. So what we're going to do is we're going to show you a scene that we spent hours writing. So much um, Where Indiana Jones finds out he's not getting any more movies made. Uh, so, so we'll see that uh, right now. Uh, hey, Indy man, uh, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, sure. I'm, uh, let me put my whip down. So the thing that's great is you don't have to worry about it anymore because basically the franchise is being rebooted and with the reboot is you ain't got to do it anymore. So wow. it's just like whatever you know, you, hobby you wanted to pursue, uh, now would be a great time to take it up. You know, I think you found all the different treasures you're going to find. I've and, been, now I've been, and now it's just time to explore something new. So I just brought you in here to the office just to say thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate you. I've been writing treasure maps on the I go at Moonlight at McDonald's. And that was you. Wait, Andy, you got my you? treasure map? Did you get my yeah, treasure map? I got your treasure map, Indiana Jones. Well, I, I wasn't able to get there because I'm so old and grumpy now. Hey, what did, listen, can I tell you about it? Of course. Me and my friends, Bill and Calendra, we, we hopped in a helicopter. We, we, we flew to the island, and it was there just as you said it was. My and we God. opened up the treasure chest, and it was a signed headshot from John Cena. And oh. there was like three to four inspirational oh. quotes in there. My God. Do, it does was that mean everything. I can be Indiana Jones? Again, what? What does say? that mean? You're gonna let you gonna let me be Indiana Jones again? Oh no, I'm so sorry. No. End scene. Uh, so Clinton, that was that was pretty good. I mean, like I don't know what Indiana Jones Five will be, but hey, oh, I'd, wa- I'd watch I'd watch that first. You know, it'll be a box office hit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> What's Harrison oh, Ford? Just always goodness. grumpy. He's just a great <laughs> man. No, your movie. your impression of Harrison Ford is funny. Like that <laughs> kind of like I don't well, know. I just I admire superstar franchise folks who continue to get up and go to work every day. Like I mean, like the the Top Gun movie recently came out, mm-hmm. and I'm like Tom Cruise. Why do you even still do anything? Like I'm one hit away from retirement. Just one. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> I'm I'm done. I'm so tired. <laughs> Maybe it's his Scientology. Maybe there's something going on there where he's like, it's some weird guilt. He's got to get rid of his thetans or whatever, no matter what he does. Scientology documentaries have, um, they have had much too much of my time in this life. I will say that. <laughs> there's some great... Uh, parodies of Scientology documentaries that are about improv comedy, which Mark and I as improvisers uh, can relate to a little bit. Improv might be a little bit of a cult. I'm not saying yeah. people shouldn't do it. I'm just saying. Heads up. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, Is that uh, your recruitment uh, tactic? <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible recruitment tactic. Yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> well, I was curious, are you familiar with The Artist's Way, the book by Julia Cameron? And yes. Kind of... Do I have it? Oh. No, it's it's not on my it's not on my um it's not on my bookshelf. But we had to read The Artist's Way in college. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's cool. 
Bill and I went through it together actually a couple of years ago. Uh, really useful. Uh, really enjoyed it. Got a lot out of it actually. Yeah. And we're curious, you know, and it doesn't have to do with the artist way, but um, <laughs> have you had any kind of writing advice or stuff as such a prolific writer that's really kind of stuck with you? I interviewed, I had the great pleasure of interviewing Alice Walker for her 75th birthday um, a few years ago. Um, for those who are familiar, unfamiliar with Alice Walker, she wrote The Color Purple. And I asked her how she still finds the motivation to write and what inspires her. And she said, at this point in my life, it's my responsibility to be an open vessel so that the stories can come through me. And I think for me, that is ultimately for all artists and especially you know, as a writer, that's what we're all striving for is to just be open so that the the stories come through, that it doesn't feel like forcing it, but that it's just like, this is the story I am meant to tell today, right now, and I'm here and I'm open to it and open for it. Um, so that's that's probably the best writing advice I've ever gotten. Um, and if I can, I will say, I talk to different artists a lot, as Mark mentioned, and always I'm asking them, like, how do you do your thing as an independent artist and as an independent writer and all of that stuff? And um, the thing that I have found so many people will say to you when you ask that question is, you've got to be doing something every day. You've got to be doing something every day. You've got to be doing something every day. But and 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 I understand why people say that. But as someone who's always had a day job, <laughs> doing something every day is just not practical. And I think sometimes it can be discouraging to people if they feel like, oh, if I don't have hours to devote to this every day, then I'm not a real artist or I'm not a real creative. But like, I joke, I'm a weekend playwright. Like, I, you know, I I get my writing done on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm I Monday through Thursday is not, <laughs> it's not happening. Um, so I... I just add that as a caveat that like, you know, that's also something that that's advice I got that I had to flip for myself. <laughs> that's really great advice. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we beat it to your point, Calendar, we beat ourselves up, right? When we're like, oh, I want to start this new thing. And if I don't do it 110%, then <clears throat> I'm not going to. So that's really encouraging that, you know, you've been able to do so much by, without having that, <laughs> that pressure on yourself to, to do it every day. Um, do you carve out? So f when you're talking about Friday, Saturday, Sunday, do you carve out like specific time or is it just kind of once you're, once you're in that flow, you're writing? When I am disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> When I am disciplined, um, I usually will do like um, noon to four. Oh wow, awesome! Um, but you know, and then and then with the pan, when we were in quarantine, you know, there was literally nowhere to go and nothing to do. So I would do maybe like you know, one to six, one to seven. Some days, um, it's I'm I'm going to be honest and say right now I'm still figuring out what does time look like now that I got options <laughs> as to where to go. I don't know. Am I the only one who feels like I just don't know how to do anything anymore? I'm like, how was I a human before? <laughs> no, you're not the only one at all. Yeah. No, that is 100%, like, I think, everybody. Yeah. I was, can I tell a quick funny story? Of course. So um, I do some writing for this brand called The Home Edit, which they're these like, 
super mega like home organizers. They have a show on Netflix called Get Organized with the Home Edit. They're based out of Nashville and I do some like work with their magazine. And ever since I've like drank the Home Edit Kool-Aid, I've been trying to like organize my life, right? So I decide um, I'm going to like, their whole system is based on the rainbow. And so I decide I'm going to rainbow-fy my bookshelf. You know, I'm going to organize my books according to color. And... <laughs> I got to the color pink and just completely froze. <laughs> I was like, does pink go before red or after purple? <laughs> like, how do I do this? How does the rainbow work? <laughs> it totally stumped me. I quit. <laughs> yeah. I totally quit. <laughs> wheel back here i don't think i would have any idea and even on that i'm looking at that it's on my wall it kind of where does pink go <laughs> yeah i don't even <laughs> notice it oh, oh i guess it's kind of between red and purple use that so i can look like what i, I know what i'm doing when i talk to an art director or production designer <laughs> i'm like what's the three colors <laughs> wow well, so, so did you use yourself like a, a partial rainbow? Like maybe it it's is, a rainbow it's, forming. It's, it's like I got to blue and then just stopped. Awesome. awesome. I was like Roy G. B <laughs> That's great. Oh. That's, that's way to do it. You know, Clenger, I'm just curious. Um, is there a dream project or dream dream story that you know, is flo floating around in your head that you want to do, or maybe you've already started it, but a dream project you have? I have lots. Um, one thing I would love to see is my plays, my play scripts adapted for um, television. Um, my play, I have a play called Younger, and it's a prequel to A Raisin in the Sun set during the um, Great Depression. And I would love to see that adapted for, into like an HBO film in my mind. Um I, I have another trilogy of plays that I'm working on. They're in progress called the Reconstruction Trilogy. And they're all about um, Black achievements in Reconstruction era Georgia. And so I would love to see those adapted into a miniseries. Showtime, call me. Um, and then <laughs> um, there is this book I read years ago. It was actually an Oprah's Book Club selection called The Twelve Tribes of Hattie. And it's by a wonderful author named Ayana Mathis. And um, I um, would love to adapt that book, the script of that book into a movie. As I was, I read it years ago, probably close to 10 years ago, and I, I saw it in my mind. So, mm. you know, Ayana, call me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just a few. That's just a few, but yeah. Those sound great. Oh, and Ava DuVernay. I want to work with Ava. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, you get that stuff on the HBO or the Showtime. And then, yeah, Ava, if you're listening. Ava, if you're listening, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do a segment uh, that we'd love to do with guests, and um, it's called Make It Spooky. So for this segment, we're going to give you some log lines, some um, a log line and then uh, just a positive headline but we want to see if you can say it in a way to make it horrifying and spooky um <laughs> i'm gonna throw this one at you and you don't have to read what's in the parentheses but it's just letting you know what it is 
an airhead blonde goes to Harvard Law School. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And it, as everyone else at home knows, that's legally blonde. That's the yeah. Yeah. we're legally blonde. All right. Next one's a very positive, <laughs> positive news story. So we found positive. this and we're like, oh snap, this is really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <I left>. <laughs> <laughs> you made this creepy. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm just gonna end up sounding like a cheesy trailer. Diabetes drug. <laughs> I can't even finish. <laughs> My theater a... background is coming out. Okay, let's see if I can this get through great. it. This is great. Diabetes drug leads to notable weight loss in people with obesity. That's great. That's fantastic. I mean, I'm curious now, and then I'd read about it. And it's actually a really cool a scientific process. Yeah, like people yeah. lost like fifty, almost fifty pounds on this. Yeah. this oh, new... I need this drug, but I don't have diabetes. <laughs> 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 it's, it's like we did a story about a guy in Germany who got sixty COVID shots because there was like a financial incentive, so he just kept going. Which you know, maybe the adverse side effects aren't too bad if one guy he was like a 60 year old guy who got like 60 covid shots so i wonder if you could just go i'm i'm diabetes give me the i have the diabetes that man is absolutely crazy that, <laughs> no oh my god that's 60 needles yeah, right i don't need interaction with 60 needles in the next 10 years I, let alone mm-hmm. no yeah. <laughs> i'm i am also bad with needles have you ever fainted when you've gotten a shot or done stuff like that no, but my mother, I'm going to have to pay her off if I ever get famous because she likes to tell the story about how I used to fight the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a fan as a child of um, shots or getting my finger pricked. I still don't like getting my finger pricked. Me it, people are always yeah. like, it doesn't hurt. I'm like, you masochist. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. Of course it hurts. It hurts. Who are these people that it doesn't hurt? It's pricking your finger. And also, like, you use your finger all the time. Every time I'm like, what am I I supposed to do? I'm going to touch it. It's going to feel pain. I don't like to see the blood come out. Thank you. Amen. It it does. I want my blood in my body at all times. (laughs) My God. Amen. Amen. Hurry up with that. There's supposed to be a thing where you can spit now and they can do the same test. So come on, science. That's like on the drop. Well, no, no. She was just trying to do one prick of blood. I was thinking about Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's a a whole different thing. Oh, give me billions. (laughs) Uh, We got one more. And so with this one, we're thinking if you could read this kind of like it's an action movie. All right. So this is kind of like a line of dialogue. But if you could read it like it's an action movie. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll never be like other people but that's alright because I'm a bear a bear called Paddington that's great that's like Jason Bourne you know that's like Jason Bourne Bourne identity right there I can feel the explosions <laughs> happening mm-hmm. in this absolutely the I was trying coming. to give you my best Hurt Locker that was great oh that's what I meant to Nailed say it. I meant to say that's Hurt Locker <laughs> right there you know uh, well Clunger we really appreciate having you on today it's been so great to talk to you. Always inspiring to hear, you know, anything you got to say. And, uh, well, as we wrap up, we just kind of want to know for audiences listening, what's the best way for them to follow you and support you for whatever you have going on? 
Oh, that's so kind of you to um, ask. So um, my website is Calundra.com. That's K-E-L-U-N-D-R-A.com. I'm also on social media. My name is Calundra Smith. I'm the only one out there. Again, it's K-E-L-U-N-D-R-A. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and I'm I'm happy to connect. I love connecting with people. Fantastic. Oh, you're, yeah, you're very good. And Calundra, was there anything else before we hop into our closing segment here? Anything else that you wanted to share or anything else that we didn't know to ask for when you were coming on? You're like, oh, I need to talk about this thing. Um. I will shamelessly plug a couple things if oh, that's please, okay. Of course. Um, so one thing that I would love to shamelessly plug is that um, I'm a part of a project called Black Women Speak. It is hosted by the National New Play Network and Horizon Theater um, in Atlanta. And through that project, they're developing nine new plays by Black women from the South that will hopefully be able to go around the country and maybe around the world. And then I'll also um, just say thank you to you all for putting out, you know, peace and positivity and fun into the world. We need fun. Fun is important. And uh, thank you for making me be silly and reaffirming my choice to write and not act. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we if you get the the shows on HBO, maybe you can at least get a little spot in there where it's oh, that's the writer. That's there. There they are. They're there. That'd be fun. I hope that that happens. Absolutely, you all will totally. You're you're in. Your cast is done. (laughs) Me and Ava have worked it out. Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up, we're going to move on to our segment called Spring of Inspiring Inspirations. So this is where we take a quote uh, that we find inspiring that we want to share with you all. Uh, and even though we picked one ahead of time, one that I also want to throw in is something, Calendra, you just said just a moment ago, which is like, I want to keep all the blood in my body, body at all times. Uh, so I think those are wise words to live by. That's uh, but the, the one that we had selected ahead of time is from the aforementioned Julia Cameron, author of The Artist's Way. And she had this quote on writing where she says, uh, doing it all the time, whether or not we are in mood gives uh, us ownership of our writing ability. It takes it out of the realm of conjuring where we stand on the rock of isolation, begging the winds for inspiration. And it makes it something as doable as picking up a hammer and pounding a nail. Writing may be an art, but it's certainly a craft. It is a simple and workable thing that can be as steady and reliable as a chore. And I felt that that really balanced out well about what you were saying, Calendra, about just balance, I think, you know, and like mm-hmm. not elevating it to this thing. And it's just like, hey, this is thing that I do from one to four on the weekends or whatever. It's kind of like, anyway, that's something that I take out of that quote and appreciate. And I feel like um, uh, paired with what you said earlier, I think it's good advice. I love that. And art mm-hmm. is a discipline. Mm-hmm. Yes, it absolutely is a discipline. Um, because whether you do it every day or from one to four on Saturday, you got to sit there and do it, whether mm-hmm. you feel the muses or not. So yeah. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And we love having you on. So thank you so much, Glenda, for coming. It's been an absolute pleasure. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for spending your time with all of us today. We know there's a million different ways you can entertain yourself and it means the world to us that you spent your time with us. Thank you. Thank you. And you can stay in touch with us as well. So you can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com. You can also follow us on social media at Ridiculous News on Facebook and IG. And be sure to check out our comedy videos at Mark Kendall Comedy on IG, TikTok, and Facebook, as well as at Kendall Comedy on Twitter. Bye, y'all. And Ava, check out calendar.com. All right. Oh, yeah, Ava, <laughs> check her out, please. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> you know what's
Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.